recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. This is podcast number 36. Uh, since you heard the unofficial member of Brothers Comics to talk to you guys ahead of time, you know that me and my people are in separate locations. On the line tonight, I have Sandman. Say what's up, Sandman. What's going on, y'all? Sandman back in the house. All right, Sandman's here. And then from Parts Unknown, to borrow the drop-in from uh, the Game of Thrones podcast, uh, we have Brother Beavis on the line. Hey, yo, what's up? It's Brother Beavis. All right, so um, this is going to be podcast 36. I don't have female perspective right now, and I don't have Big Hutch yet, um, but he probably will get in on the call uh, momentarily. Um, you know, it's a travel weekend, uh, so Big Hutch and Female Perspective, we're not going to be available for Podcast 36, so we're taking our normal comic book corner review um, and turning it into Podcast 36 to get that out for the week. Uh, with that in mind, we will go straight into the box office report, which is the first thing that Female Perspective always does on the Brothers Comics Podcast. We run the movies up from five to one from the previous weekend. And the first movie, or the last movie, I guess, was number five was The Conjuring Part 2, which made $7.7 million. Either of you see The Conjuring 2 or 1? I I have not. I am not down with the horror movies, kind of like you producers. I just don't dig them. I know they're, Conjuring is supposed to be a pretty good uh, series from what I understand, but uh, now nah, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know I don't fuck with horror movies. Drugs, Beavis? <laughs> You ain't doing yeah, it. I I haven't seen it. I if I ever had two hours to kill, I might. I, it's, it seems like it's interesting enough to spawn like not only sequels but various spinoffs. So it seems like they're doing something right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I definitely. yeah. I would not pay money to get myself scared. Um, that's exactly. exactly what it <laughs> yeah. Is, I, I don't see that. I don't see the sense in it. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's just not happening. Um, that's why I don't ride roller coasters. It's, um, <laughs> I love roller well, coasters. Well, I'll throw up if I ride roller coasters too. But well, I just don't. Yeah. yeah, I just don't. Hey, I don't need that kind for real. I'm black. That's thrill enough. <laughs> um, uh, before we get to number four, the black ride is terrifying enough. Yeah, the so. black ride is terrifying <laughs> enough. I've been riding it oh. for 45 years, man. <laughs> At some point, man, I know I'm not going to win that race. Um, so, I hear so it's wrong, better man. with your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Sometimes it doesn't matter if your hands are up either. It, it still might not matter. Um, as, right. If you keep them in plain view, it still might not matter. Um, <laughs> before we get to four, I, I wanted to start with six because I can rant a little bit. Number six was The Free State of Jones, that Matthew McConaughey movie about um, it, it's I mean essentially a white Jesus savior movie uh, where he's <laughs> in the he's in the Civil War but he's on the side of the Confederacy and then after mm. it's over he you know he tries to make this ta- it's some it's some freaking white bullshit I'm sorry um, <laughs> and so it basically failed and I was cheering against it to begin with and so I was happy to see that it failed um, I don't like Matthew McConaughey anyway. Um, and then these, y'all know how I feel about essentially slave movies. Um, I, I'm, I'm yeah. done with slave movies. And so, and then if you, and then you add the white savior aspect to it, I was just like, this is some dumb shit right here. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not going to fool with it. So yeah, so that finished at six, uh, definitely did not do as well. And it made no sense to put it out in the summer because it's definitely not a summer release. seems like an yeah. option should have been put out in the fall. Yeah, I was re- uh, looking at uh, one of the uh, movie broadcasts on uh, YouTube, and they were basically 
said the same thing you just said. Like, there, where where was the target audience and the tar- mm-hmm. target uh, uh, time that this is supposed to come out for? Because it just made no sense to come out now. Or frankly, I don't know when you would have put it out, but yeah, mm-hmm. and it suffered for it. It's not nobody's going to see it. Good. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was six. Conjuring two was five. Uh, the Shallows was number four. Made sixteen point eight million dollars, starring. I think that's Blake Lively. Is that's that right. Fairly be the VR White confirmation. Why, why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly why. Yeah, that, that, that was Blake Lively. But I, I have to say, like, I was always more of a Leighton Meester guy. Yeah. Uh, from my Gossip Girl. For, for I was going to say Gossip Girl fans, but I, let me rephrase it and say people who had to watch Gossip Girl while there was a Gossip Girl fan in the room. Uh, Blake Lively's, she's fine or whatever, but she's not really for me. I I mean, it seems like it was a reasonable movie. Shark movies are interesting, but yeah, I, there's a lot of things on my bucket list before watching The Shallows, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no joke, no joke. Uh, yeah, I would not see this. And again, it's going to be scary, so I wouldn't see it for that reason, too. Um, <laughs> but I definitely wouldn't see it because of... I just, there's just no way I'll ever see that movie. Um, I don't I don't, I don't like the shark movies. And as a general thing, nerd confession, um, I've never seen Jaws or Jaws 2. One mm-hmm. out of fear. Like, in, in, you know, in their entirety. Like, I've seen bits and pieces of them, and I, I would know which one is which. I've seen all of Jaws 3, which is terrible, but I've never oh, yeah. seen... The, the original two um, in their entirety, yeah. and um, but and mostly out of fear. So yeah, no, basically, yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm I'm good. I think the last yeah, but... Jaws movie or shark movie I saw was Deep Blue Sea, and that's only memorable <laughs> because of how Samuel L. Jackson got yeah, killed. Yeah, that's the one where Samuel L. Jackson gets eight right. Yeah. That pissed me off, yeah, and I was like, man, yeah. how you gonna eat Samuel L. Man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the setup for it was awesome. Yeah, the setup yeah. for it was, was awesome. Uh, and the black guy lives in that. LL Cool J lives in that, which is uh, shocking. In That's right. Stuff. All right. And, so, yeah. and and the white dude who who wants to be a black dude. What is that dude's name? He dies in it, doesn't he? Isn't Thomas? Isn't Thomas Jane the star of the movie? He is. Right. So. But the other dude. Uh, yeah, this is like an episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> I'll only do some research rather than somewhere. Okay, go right ahead. So, yeah, so no to the shallows. It made almost $17 million, way exceeding expectations uh, that they had for that movie. Number three, as Brother Beavis is looking that up, is Central Intelligence, starring the two hardest working people in Hollywood at this point, The Rock and Kevin Hart. Um, Damn Rock. Yeah, uh, uh, typical buddy comedy, I am sure. Definitely will probably be Is It Worth a Red Box at some point in time. Uh, the review at brotherscomics.com but not paying any real money to see it. And this came up on the podcast last week. Have you ever paid to see a movie with The Rock in it? Paid, like real money. Uh, I'm trying to – what's, like, the biggest movie he's ever been in? I, I'm going to say no. Um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Scorp- Scorpion King. That's that's like, the one. Damn, I mean, that was – what was that, 15 years ago? A long damn time ago. And, and the movie sucked, and so I was pissed yeah. then, and I'm pissed now, so – <laughs> yeah, he got his one. I'm done with him. Yeah. Brother Beavis, did you pay no, money to I, see I, The Rock? I, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of another movie, oh, like another I, big I movie. I think I saw Doom. I think I saw Doom. Doom. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I didn't pay in for the it. In the movie theater? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. I feel for you, I, bro. I, I, I can't think of any I don't know that why I paid I money to see. But he's in every damn movie. Uh, and I, I think I hope he does. Yeah, I hope he doesn't like start just schlocking movies, man. I because I like The Rock. You know, he just seems to be working a little too hard lately. Yeah. You know, he's in everything. I like you know? The Rock, the wrestler and personality. And I, I mean, as an actor, I guess I'm okay with him too. But the movies that he makes aren't made for me. Um, so right, I can't see any laying down no cash to go see him in anything. Uh, I also, but, I, I think I also paid to see The Rundown. Now, Big Hunch uh-huh. brought that up the last time we had on the when we talked about this during podcast thirty five when Central Intelligence came out that he went to pay money to see that too. Um, so it was yeah, surprised to hear that, as I recall. It was terrible. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember that too. That was definitely yeah, a video release to me. Right. What got yeah. him? To, what got him to go see that? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised uh, that he did that. Yeah. It oh, is I did. Oh, I don't think I paid to see this. Uh, he, he had a small part. The other guys. The other guy. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, you getting up in the Sandman, uh, Batman versus Superman territory. I'm like, no, I don't think yeah, Batman yeah. is one. Man, two, fuck the rock. Three. I've only seen yeah. like seven. <laughs> don't get in that three territory, bro. Um, <laughs> opening night in the theater. That's all. That's just it. Maybe it. <laughs> Michael Rappaport was who I was thinking of. Was also oh, in Deep Blue Sea. Is he in Deep Blue oh. Sea? Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. He's in something else here recently. I just saw a commercial for Michael Rappaport or something, but it'll come to me. Um, number, so Central Intelligence made $18 million. Uh, number two was ID4-2, or Independence mm. Day 2. It made $41 million, came, coming in well under expectations, uh, twenty almost 20 full years out from the original movie. And <laughs> yeah. um, no Will Smith, and he was really smart enough to stay away from this. You had, yeah, great yeah, you had the same director and some of the cast that came back, but it it, it was DOA, dead on arrival. Um, it made mm-hmm. less money than the original made 20 years ago when tickets were, you know, $4 a piece. <laughs> so, That's ba- that is bad. That is really bad. That's awful. So uh, yeah. the movie was bad. The director, uh, I'm gonna. He, yeah, he, I can save. He's throwing shade at the Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna save it for the SFU as Roland Emmerich. Um, gotcha. You know, yeah. he was saying basically that you know maybe his movie didn't do well because all the other movies copied his movie and now <laughs> yeah. you know people are deluded yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean he he shut the fuck up, but. Yeah, it, it didn't do well. We've talked about this. I know I, me and Brother Rivas have talked about this individually, um, and we talked about it a little bit um, on a previous podcast about the original ID4 really isn't that good to begin with. So no. it might have been original at the time. And it was like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool. But, I mean, if you watch it again as an adult, that movie is kind of awful, especially again it's not after good. the aliens come. Once, it's before the aliens, it's not that bad. After the aliens get there, it is a farce. The last act of that movie is just an absolute farce, and so yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, so they'll, they'll, I'll never see that movie. They never, never say never. Damn it, I'm telling you, I will never see that movie. No <laughs> <laughs> way in hell. Damn, I will never see Independence Day four. Yeah, no way in hell. Uh, so yeah. good. Um, and the number one movie in the box office was for the second week in a row, Finding Dory, made seventy two million dollars. Already at eight hundred million dollars in two weeks, uh, just an absolute uh, train roller, and it probably will pass Captain America as the number one grossing movie of the year. Uh, 
So I didn't see it. I uh, haven't seen it. I don't really plan to see it. I, I like Finding Nemo, but I didn't know if I needed to see a sequel to it. This is something I'm sure I'll see on the Disney Channel or on Redbox or something like that, but I, I'm not going to pay. Did you say Did you say it. past Captain America or past Batman versus Superman for movie? For well, it's definitely movie going, well, it's definitely going to pass Batman versus Superman. Like that's What's the worldwide – What's the worldwide total? Do you know? Um, it's worldwide gross at this point. Hold on, let's get it back. It's box office mojo. That was a shot at DC fans, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ain't gonna be too happy with us. We all Marvel well, country as it is. Well, we threw, we threw them the bone. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did a DC Comics corner. Yeah, we, yeah, did, we, did. we did. Yeah. So I mean, they got they get off the yeah get off. That's get off my lawn too about that. Um. It's already it's already at three hundred and twenty four million past Batman. So, but I think Batman versus Superman made it three thirty eight. So by this weekend, it will have passed it. Wow. Yeah, so, that's gonna pass that. Yeah, there's no doubt yeah. it's gonna pass it. Yeah. Is no, it supposed to be good, or are people just seeing it out in nostalgia? I think it's supposed to actually be decent and good. Yeah. So, um, yes, uh, worldwide, mm-hmm. it's already at four hundred and thirty three million. Wow. Yeah. It's got a ways to go to get to that, but it's also only been out two weeks. So. Um, yeah, so Tiny Dory, awesome nostalgia for uh, people of the 90s. I will not be seeing it. Um, I'm, I'm not not in the movie theater. And I think I made this proclamation on a previous podcast that I don't think there's any movies I'm going to see for the rest of the year in the movie theater. I may see Suicide Squad, but there's no guarantee. Um, I had like a, I had this like flash and I thought Suicide Squad was out this past weekend and I actually had time to go. Right. But then I like her realize it's two months away. So yeah, it's August. <laughs> yeah, that's just a late thing. release. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to get it out of the way of the other big blockbusters, which was probably a yeah. very smart that's idea. Not a good sign. When well, that's not a good sign either. They wanted um, to steer clear of Independence Day. You know, so <laughs> apparently they were, they were worried about a uh, Roland Emmerich twenty year late ID four. Yeah, I mean he, he yeah. basically yeah. wrote the original draft for. Suicide Squad, and they just bit off of it. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> keep telling yourself that, Roland. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Roland. That's awesome. Sorry, Roland. All right. So we'll break that down into blurred notes uh, as we close out the box office report. Remember, the blurred notes are six individual stories in comics and entertainment over the course of the week. You guys get to roll the dice, or I guess I get to roll the dice because you don't have the dice with you. And I will tell you, and then hopefully you know something about that story. And if you don't know anything about that story, you got to fake it till you make it. All right, so <laughs> we'll go alphabetical order, which would be Brother Beavis. Go ahead and go. Uh, I'll roll you the dice. It is a three. Number three, uh Whoever's making Ghostbusters is hoping they have a forty to fifty million dollar opening for the new Ghostbusters movie. It's the all female Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. um they're hoping for a forty to fifty million dollar um opening weekend and hoping that that's actually going to be enough to propel the movie into a different stratosphere in terms of its earnings. Uh word on the street on the new Ghostbusters theme song is people hate it to death. Although I will say, um, <laughs> The original Ghostbusters song, although catchy, is fucking awful. So, it's, ir- um, it's irritating. Yeah. It's irritating after a while. Yeah, so if, you, if you're basing it on, like, well, what is good as that one, then your musical taste is shady at best. So, <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters, that's not two, the Ghostbusters, the reimagine. Brother Beavis, oh, yeah. don't get fired. Brother Beavis, uh, <laughs> what do you think? Um, 
you know, this is going to be one of those where, you know, the the sexism is going to come out. It already has. You yeah, know, okay. people, you know, this is so long ago that, like, people probably hold this in higher esteem than if they actually watched it now, which I have done. I mean, it's it's great stuff. It's Bill Murray. It's Dan Aykroyd. You know, it's 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 great. But, like, they already proved that they couldn't make anything out of it. The sequel was not good. They, no, you know, they pretty much worn out the jokes. And so, you know, this almost has to be something completely different to even make it, which clearly is the direction I'm going. And so I think the people that are nostalgic for it, it's going to be risky for them to like it. Um, the odds of it being good, who knows? But, like, so many people are going to hold it against the original or their perspective of the original that it's just going to be tough. I think it's, you know, if if it hits that number, then it'll be fortunate to not have, like, a historic drop-off um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that those are kind of the two challenges. You know, get that big number and then keep it. I mean, you know, it's all going to come down to, like, word of mouth, like most stuff. Right. I right. I watched the original Ghostbusters recently, and uh, I didn't really care for it. Um, again, I mean, I liked it as a kid, but I saw it when I was 13, 12 or 13. And it was the best movie ever. And then I watched it as an adult very recently. I was like, man, that's kind of whack. <laughs> um, the Ghostbuster cartoons that were came on after it are superior to both of the movies. I um, agree. Uh, but I just, you know, I, I, just, I was like, I, I can't see me paying money to see this, and it has zero to do with, like, the female aspect of it. I just don't I just don't care enough about the franchise to spend money on it. I mean, I will see it eventually probably on FX, but I wouldn't pay any money for it. What do you think about Ghostbusters, Sammy? Yeah, it's uh, ironically, we are talking about this because I was watching a video um on YouTube earlier talking about the uh, sexism angle of it and why why they went with an all-female cast when it would have been probably better to have like a, yeah, a brand new cast but have a male and female kind of mixed together mm-hmm. and they probably could have avoided some of this um, rigmarole and crap that they're getting because they're fighting like a war, um, a publicity war against um, yes, fans are. that are pissed off about this, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and now they got all this misogynist uh, talk about, you know, uh, people mad going back and forth. The producers, uh, producer is uh, I mean, not producer, but the uh, director, this producer. Paul Feig, is it? Is, yeah. yeah, same thing. Paul Feig, yeah, he's getting involved with fans yelling at him, talking back and forth, yeah. called them assholes in an article or something like that, literally. And um, yeah, it's gotten ugly, man. So yeah, this whole thing has just been so controversial. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna bomb. I mean, it's it'll make some money because people will be curious what the, all the hubbub is about. But it's not going to make that big that number that you said earlier. That's that. Nah, it's not going to do yeah. that. I think it's yeah, going to be badly for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be yeah. tough, tough to hit that number. But we could be wrong. Um, could be. You know, and then the idea of like female starring in films, I'm a big fan of. And so I hope I am wrong because it should spawn other female led movies, which is a good thing. But um, right. I, just, I won't be supporting this one. Uh, not with my real cash money. Um, all right. Blur note number two, it is Sandman's turn. We hit the dice, and he gets number one. (laughs) Hmm. Superman's Ultimate Cut edition came Mm. out on uh, HD and digital. Yeah, (laughs) HD digital. (laughs) Um, Going for four. (laughs) Going for four. (laughs) Most of the reviews of the Ultimate Cut, people are saying that is far superior to the theatrical cut. Um, mm-hmm. That the movie is much better with the additional footage and the additional cut scenes and so forth and so on. So, right. will you be 
getting or watching a copy of the ultimate cut of Batman versus Superman Sandman. Yeah, given that I have already donated three full um, (laughs) viewings of the movie, of the the theatrical cut of the movie, I will not be spending money on the ultimate cut, at least not through legal means, if you know what I mean. I'll I'll see it, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll see it somehow eventually, but yeah, I'm not that interested in to see. I I do want to see what the differences are if it actually kind of makes it a more cohesive movie, because I mean the cuts in that thing were terrible. I don't know who the editor was on that movie, right. but he should not be employed again. And and let's not let you know Zack Snyder off the hook either. I mean, dude, if you can't bring in a movie under two and a half hours, I mean you got a problem. You don't need to be in Hollywood directing anything, any blockbusters anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious, but, you know, I'll wait it out and see it. I'll see it when I see it. My biggest issue with that particular movie is that it is too long. I don't understand how adding to it would make it better. Wouldn't you just make it longer? Um, Yeah. I'm confused, basically. (laughs) Zack Zack Snyder's got this issue of being, I call it, wouldn't it be cool director. It's like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool if we put this in? Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if we put that in? And that's why one of the half the problems they had, they got three different classic storylines going on in this movie. And, you know, it's a jumbled mess and it takes over three hours for the time to tell the thing. So, you know, he needs, he definitely needs supervision when it comes to stuff like that. Cause he'll just go crazy with it. Right. And there's no surprise that the athletes now an EP on uh Justice oh, yeah. League to try to rein him in. People are like, Oh, yeah, no, that wasn't, that wasn't the in there, you know, because I'm like, no, he's there to rein in like Zack Snyder. Because right. they are literally, I mean, DC is going to be dying on the vine if for somehow Suicide Squad shits the bed. And uh-huh. then you got Wonder Woman in February. Um, there just won't be any confidence. And there's already, confidence is already a little bit weak. There will be no confidence in the, uh, in the product by the time Wonder Woman comes out. And then yes. if it doesn't do well, they'll blame it on, like, oh, it's a female new. And no, no, there's just no confidence in the WB and DC to, pu- to pull it off at this mm-hmm. point. So, um mm-hmm. That, that's why Suicide Squad is so important to them, which is kind of scary for me in terms yes, of these it is, it is now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's become, very it's important. important. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I, I, Brother Beavis, you haven't seen it either version yet. You think you'll catch the theatrical cut? Well, uh, I mean, I, the, I do want to see it. Cut. Right. I, I do want to see it, but it, uh, whatever won't cost me the least or zero money is pretty much the option. <laughs> I hear that. At this point. Understood. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I posted on Facebook or Twitter. I was like, I don't know if I got enough three hours to vote to Batman versus Superman. I don't think I do. <laughs> it's um, not worth it. I, yeah, I just don't. I, I just don't think I got it. And, um, I, 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 just think I, I don't think I got it. All right. Uh, so it comes to back to uh, Brother Beavis and the roll of the dice says, number six, it is confirmed by Disney and an article in Entertainment Weekly this week that Darth Vader will make an appearance in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, um, when it comes out this December. Um, the, the amount of Darth Vader is debatable at this point, but Vader makes his way into Rogue One. Brother Beavis, are you okay with this? And side angle, side Star Wars story. Well, so I think uh, I'm all in favor of, of as much Vader in anything. I think he's, you know, you know, not Anakin, but I think Vader is really awesome. Particularly if you know, like, you know, once you know that 
he at one point was good or whatever, and maybe he'll be redeemed. Like him being a total badass, I could watch that like all the time. Um, As far as the side angle side movies, I mean, I've never seen, we, you know, we've not yet seen a side angle star Wars movie, so I can't say whether it's, you know, a good idea or a bad idea. It has a feel of like more star Wars, maybe less. I mean, we've been, we've been like, spoon fed and, and, and teased with these things over the you know the course of forty years now and to suddenly have two, three movies a year, I could see it burning out quick. I mean if you if you're really honest with yourself, these are all kind of seriously flawed movies and I could see it burning out pretty quick. Um I don't know if Han Solo is one of our topics, but you know, there's talk that that movie is shaping up very well. I mean they're full steam ahead with this stuff, but I I mean it may be great. But I gotta see one before I make an opinion. Right. Yeah. We big fan man. Well, as far right. as Vader goes, yeah, the more Vader the better. I mean, I imagine he won't dominate the movie, but I mean they have to have his presence somewhere in the uh, movie because then with the Death Star, Death Star plans, if he wasn't there it'd be a big it would be a big uh, power vacuum, like where is he at? And they'd have to explain why he's not being shown, and so uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they use him, uh, how long he is in it. Um, I doubt it'll be a tremendous amount because they have um, their cast. They don't want Vader basically, you know, st- uh, stealing the spotlight from the cast they have, and they have a pretty good cast, I think. So, yeah, I like the. I'm. I do want to see him, uh, just probably not a, a ton. So. Probably yeah, Vader, be a movie. Vader is so intimidating, has such presence. I mean, I think just, you know, you've seen him like when he takes, you know, when he strikes down his, his underlings or when he just gives them the look and let them off. I mean, you see like, you know, how much power he wields uh, just and everyone recognizes it around him. I just, I think he's just an incredible character. Right. I think, yeah, I think he's the number one villain of all time, in, in my opinion. Uh, in, uh, movies, shows, what have you. I mean, and Vader is, <laughs> he's on another level than anybody else, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm, I've, I'm not a big fan. And again, I haven't seen it, but I just don't, I don't know that we need so much Star Wars. I think it can water down the product. And like I said, it'll, it'll turn Star Wars into Star Trek where you have so much out there, you know, a part of the mystery of Star Wars is that there was some mystery to it. And as they started to, you know, peel back the onion a little bit, like with the prequels, it was like, yeah, maybe I didn't need to know that. Like, mm-hmm. it was much better than I didn't know or didn't see it. And so now as you start to keep revealing more and more parts of the onion, you know, you're going to make me cry, but not in a good yeah. cry. Like, I'm mad that I just spent $13 on this IMAX version of watching this movie, and I'm pissed. So I'm hoping that it's not that, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, he needs to be in it. The the way that the background of the story that I keep reading, I mean, he has to be in it. I'm not sure how much, and you don't want to over, over Vader the movie, but he definitely needs to be a part of it. And, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's not like I'm not going to see it open the weekend or anything like that unless, the, you know, the early review, like, you know, stay here the right way. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely see it. I'm okay with that. And I can... I can I can do Vader a lot, uh, you know, of the time. Uh, definitely cheer for the bad guys now as I've gotten older. So I was like, I, you appreciate Vader more than you did when you were here where he was kind of scary. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, who's up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, I had that. Uh, 
idea of making a Spider-Verse after the success mm. of Spider-Man in Civil War. As Spider-Man Homecoming is coming out, they are still wanting to pitch this idea of creating an entire Spideyverse. And we will come back to Spider-Man here momentarily at the end of the blurred notes. But Sony feeling pretty good about themselves because of Marvel's um, hand up the, the puppet's ass. Mm-hmm. Wants to make a uh, makes a whole Spider Verse with all the villains and all the side angle characters. What do you think about the Spider Verse, Sandman? Oh, here we go. All right, it, it, you knew it was only a matter of time before Sony was going to come out as like, oh, hey, let's do this this character uh, completely separate from Spider Man, and makes no damn sense because it's. Have you? I don't know if you guys have heard. They're trying to do a. The idea is they're going to do a Silver Sable movie. Yeah, which, (laughs) why? Why? First of all, Silver Silver Sable is a tertiary character, third, fourth (laughs) popularity type character. I mean, nobody Mm -hmm. knows who the hell it is. I mean, unless Spider-Man is going to be in the movie somehow, you know, Mm -hmm. doing something with, with her, there's no reason to do something like that. And since they're just now reestablishing Spider-Man in the MCU, that you know that's not going to happen. Um, Sony, they've got a bad history of trying to do stuff like this. We all heard about the infamous Aunt May movie they were going to try to do. There's rumors mm-hmm. that they were going to do uh, a Venom movie six. completely, yeah, Sinister Six, completely removed from Spider-Man. I mean, just dog shit ideas that had no mm-hmm. chance of ever succeeding. Yeah, so I don't know what they're uh, thinking that Sony, I mean, they're trying to, uh, um, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, exploit the the license for as much money as they can because Sony was kind of in dire straits financially for a while there, and which is one of the reasons we got Spider-Man in the MCU now because, you know, Marvel knows how to make money and they need it. But I don't know what they're planning with that that's going to be successful. I mean, I know Marvel's probably very nervous about stuff like that because that's just going to dilute the overall product and dilute their the MCU because right. it's going to be somewhat attached, at least some of them will be, so... Let's pray that Marvel can kind of steer them away from these stupid ideas. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead, uh, Brother Reeves. Yeah, I just think it's another case of, like, easy. You haven't done anything yet. And so yeah. don't start making plans, uh, you know, Justice League. I'm looking at you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's like just, you know, let it develop. Don't. You know, don't overcommit to these things. It's not that hard to make movies. You can catch up. You can get your money in. It's all the money's going to be there. But if they rush into this again, you know, it's just it's going to fall apart. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, much like DC, as I said, leading up to Batman versus Superman, uh, Sony ain't about that foreplay. They're just trying to get it in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just need to get in and I need to skeet, skeet, skeet all over the walls because who knows what's going to happen after that. Um, and I'm I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and like I said, we're going to come back to Spider-Man here very shortly. Um, it's, Spider-Man should exist in his own little world along inside the Marvel Cinematic World. Then that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Um, and again, I don't want to spoil the main topic of the, the podcast tonight, but it'll be related to Spider-Man because in all in its totality, much of the Spider-Verse is whack as hell. Um, and yeah. because it's whack, you're going to put it on these huge screens and everybody will be able to see how whack it is. Um, so I would definitely not be in favor of that. 
Um, so, all right. So, yeah, uh, that's a big no for the Spice version, both of us. Brother Beavis, it's down to number two or number four. Is there only one left? Or is there two? No, there's, there's two left, yes. So we already did number two. We did? I don't know no. what number it was. Looking at the time. Well, this away. topic is, we, this will be, an, that's fine. The Marvel, uh, there's a rumor out there that there might be a Marvel uh, where they were going to have Marvel characters and Fox characters kind of coexist in between worlds. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath on that particular information because uh, Marvel doesn't really need Fox. Fox needs Marvel. And, um, but, yeah, so the idea that you could see some finally some mutants in the MCU or some Marvel Cinematic people in a like in, a, in an X-Men movie or the Fantastic Four or however they were going to do it, does that idea in, excite you, intrigue you, or just be like, meh, I'm okay, Brother Beavis? Well, I mean, so we've seen a lot of, you know, basically across all companies, the movies have gotten more and more involved, more and more characters, and it isn't always a good thing. Um, I think one of the things that opens up is um, use of villains, and we've talked about, like, Dr. Doom. You know, I think a Dr. Doom as a fully formed, legitimate villain against just about anybody would, you know, would be interesting to watch. I would be more interested in seeing some of the non-traditional villains crossover to sort of break out of the mold that many of the movies are kind of stuck in because, the you know, the villains are kind of, the, the pantheon of villains is somewhat continuous. So, yeah, that's more appealing to me than kind of any other, like, random person, random hero crossing over. You know, I think probably more than anything, if MCU and Fox could be like, can we just borrow Hugh Jackman for one movie and you can keep the rest yeah. of them? Because really, like, who would, honestly, who would Marvel really want from Fox besides... No, I, I would like to see, like, Namor show up in some Captain America story. That yeah, would be... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's not have the mainstream characters. It's all the characters that are tied up in the different licensing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, I think that'd be the only one that they'd really be like, yeah, you know what, let's borrow him and do The rest of them, they could probably, you know, whatever, you can keep all those people. Man. I mean, even, I don't even think Marvel would even touch Deadpool at this point. Like, yeah, that's your thing. You can have it. I don't really think that they really need it or want it. What do you think, brother, or Sammy? Um, would I like to see it as a fan? Yeah, I would. But, I mean, Marvel's kind of got, you know, their own thing going right now. And, um, Fox has made such a mess with the continuity of their movies. I mean, how would you even do it? You'd have to reboot the X-Men completely to have it right. uh, make any sense. And it would be years before we could even see a, a right. respectable movie to do it. Um, yeah, there was a, I was actually watching the show where the guy actually said the uh, rumor about that, and the Internet just took off with it. There's really not a lot of truth to it. It's just all he said was, like, he's, they've talked back and forth a little bit, but I mean, there was no, nothing concrete, and the internet is like, oh, oh, X Men and Avengers, oh, the, the movie's coming, you know, as the internet, right. internet would do, and they, it blew up, and I think there was very little truth to it, but um, for now, I'm satisfied. Let's uh, just keep going with this uh, direction we have. Right, and they're just, I mean, like I said, there's no, there's no real benefit for for Marvel or the MCU. There's mm-hmm. really no real benefit for them. I mean, that'd be nice if we had Doctor Doom, but. Whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're wringing their hands at the fact that they don't have Doom, or even Wolverine, for that matter. I don't think they're really, are, like, pressed, so to speak. 
I mean, Spider-Man is the one that you can kind of drop into any story, and it's okay. But, like, you know, some of them don't, they just don't really go together. Like, Fantastic Four don't really go with anybody. X-Men and Avengers is like, it's weird because it's like, well, why does everyone hate us and love you? We're basically the same. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, Yeah. it don't make sense. (laughs) The last one is, let me do this one all together, too. Uh, I came back to Roland Emmerich uh, basically saying that the Marvel movies were silly um, and as he was doing all this prep work for ID4 oh, before goodness. it comes out. He was in the press doing a lot of things and basically saying that the, all the Marvel movies were just silly. Um, now, mind you, Roland Emmerich made ID4. He also mm-hmm. made The Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He also made that awful Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie. Ooh, I um, know that. Yeah, and he also made what was that movie with your boy John Cusack that was trying to save the world? Was that 2012? 2012. Yeah. Did he do Day After Tomorrow too? Yes, Day After Tomorrow as well. Yeah, all disaster movies pretty much. Yeah, and all disastrous movies as well. Yeah, Um, that too. uh, So, but looking at it from another perspective, are the Marvel movies? Silly. If we have to use that adjective, would you say that they're silly, Brother Beavis? Uh, I have a hard time saying that. Um, okay. I mean, I'm just kind of going back to the beginning. You know, there are certainly some that are. I mean, Ant-Man is one of the sillier ones. Guardians of the Galaxy is one. But Iron Man, you know, which which kicked off the mainstream Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universes, is not. I mean, starts off with his chest is shredded by shrapnel and he's in a prison camp. Uh, the X-Men movie, we start in a concentration camp and we have the great opening sequence with Magneto. Um, you know, there certainly are some, but I think, you know, the fact that they're not silly, the fact that they're in a lot of ways legitimate stories that just happen to feature comic book characters is what's made them appealing. I mean, we've talked about, you know, one of your favorites is the second Captain America movie, which, you know, we basically is referred to as like a, a Jason Bourne movie with, yeah. with comic book characters. And so I, I don't, right. I don't think that's defensible. Right. What do you think? I pretty much agree with uh, what Beavis, Beavis said. Um, I think one of the secrets that Marvel has been able to do is um, continue on what you were just saying they've figured out how to make these genre movies that just happen to have featured superheroes in it. I mean, the Captain America two, which is damn near a masterpiece in my opinion is a spy movie, you know, what happens to have Captain America and black widow, these superheroes in it. Um, Guardians of the galaxy is a space opera. You know, it's, it can be silly at times because of the uh, comedy and stuff in it, but, um, that made that movie made a lot of money. It was a surprise hit, you know, and, um, I don't think you can just outright call him silly, especially Roland Emmerich. (laughs) The movies he made coming out of his mouth and trying to talk about somebody else. I mean, dude, Mm. calm your ass down. You got a little bit of an ego on you. Um, You know, take a back seat. Yeah. uh, I think it's the source. It could come from somebody who had a reasonable career um, that you respected. It might have been easier to swallow that and look at it from a perspective of like, oh, all right, I see where you come from. Um, you made a bunch of shitty movies. <laughs> like a bunch of shitty movies, man. Uh, so, like, slow the fuck down with your talk 
And, I mean, and again, if, even if he had said that to PC movies are silly, I would have, like, said, said I would have had the same reaction. Like, one, they're definitely not they're overly dark, not silly. But two, like, mm-hmm. you know, you have no business talking about anybody's movies. You really need the to The last person uh, to be talking the about The last person, yeah. right. So, all right. So that closes Blurred Notes, uh, our little six-pack of news from the past week or so. And that leads us to, and I keep teasing this idea about Spider-Man, and we talked about Sony thinking about pitching a Spider-Verse. Uh, we were talking about last week, um, and I wasn't there, but y'all, and by the way, your Mysterio jokes did not go unheard. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did not go unheard. Um, uh, he may make an appearance tonight, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, we talked about the X-Men's Rogue Gallery, and, you know, you guys around about who you guys thought were in their top five. And so as we kind of were leading up to last week, it was really kind of between doing Spider-Man, Rogue Gallery, and X-Men, and we wound up going with X-Men. So this week we're going to kind of do Spidey's Rogue Gallery the same way that we did before. We'll kind of pitch our five people as to why we think that they are, you know, his 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 his, his rogues that are, you know, most meaningful, at least to his storylines. Uh, Big Hodge, even though he's not on the call in emails or texts or whatever, was like, if you could do a whole podcast just – on the awful villains of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, you could. Got for various, some yeah. awful ones, you know, from, from Rocket Racer to even some of his Pace mainstream. Yeah, yeah, even some of his mainstream villains are awful too. I mean, Doctor Octopus is awful. Uh, the Vulture <laughs> is awful. I mean, there's just some awful characters that people, you know, that they've just kind of, you know, used over and time over to Hydro Man. Man, it's ugh. I mean, they're just not very good. They look mm-hmm. good in comics, but Spider-Man takes zero or next to no L's, man. He, I, I said this to Big Hush. Spider-Man is the Bugs Bunny of freaking comic books, man. <laughs> That's a perfect analogy. Yeah, Bugs exactly Bunny takes is. hardly any L's in cartoons, and neither does Spider-Man in comics. Uh, yeah, he get and he wisecracking the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he's Chumbawamba, man. He gets knocked down, but he gets up again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah, so we're going to go from our five and our road gallery here, and, you know, we'll let Sandman start off with who he has at five, and we'll kind of work through it um, all together. So who you got at five, Sandman? Uh, for number five, I picked Craven. Uh, Craven, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, when I was uh, growing up, Craven was one of the first vil- Spider-Man villains I saw him fight. And, um, you know, he's always trying to hunt him, always, always um, for whatever reason, I guess just because he, he Spider-Man was, you know, such a um um i guess a good catch for him you know he's um he's a crazy bastard but um yeah he um in the 70s anyway 70s and kind of in the 80s uh craven was a big villain for him for a long time and mm-hmm. probably one of the better storylines craven buries spider-man this is when he has the the black um outfit not the symbiote but he has the uh, based on that the black outfit craven actually mm-hmm. i guess knocks him out and buries him alive and Spider-Man yeah. nearly beats the hell out of him before. It's a, it's a very the iconic, story. yeah, Craven's last yeah. hunt. Um, That's yeah, right. Uh, yeah. An iconic story. Um, and definitely one that I've always felt that, you know, if done properly, could be adapted to the movies um, fairly mm-hmm. easily. Um, but, yeah, not um, hadn't been done yet. Uh, so, yeah, that's a pretty good choice. Who you got for five, Brother Beaver? Five, let me chime in. I like the design on Craven. Um, and I'm a I'm a sucker for bad Eastern European 
Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number five, uh, kind of skewing from the guidelines, but I just want to get this in there, is the Black Cat. Um, basically, the Marvel equivalent of, of Catwoman for Spider-Man is Batman. But really, I just put her on the list just for inspiring, much like uh, uh, the Black Canary, inspiring fantastic cosplay across the uh, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm, bur- I'm burning number five to get Black Cat in the in the list. And then duly noted, and I will definitely uh, add a a, de- a decent cosplayer to that list just on photos <laughs> when I post this podcast. All right, that, that's perfect. Uh, number five, I have Carnage. Uh, I, I struggled to put him actually yeah. on the list um, because overall, I think the character sucks. But yeah, since it gave it got such a '90s push. That you, it, it, it's become, it's become iconic, uh, unnecessarily in my opinion. But the character has become iconic for Spider-Man, and uh, so I put Cletus Cassidy in there um, just because you had to. Um, I, I, I don't like the character. It the you know the spawn of Venom. It's just it, it, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't easy to put it there. But with light, in light of the other ones that I have on the list, that's the only one I could think of. Um, that it's like okay, it's somebody had to have some sort of version of an impact on Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So um, I'm going with with Carnage. Ugh. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, I felt dirty doing it. All right, uh, who you got for four, Brother Beaver? Uh, so I was uh, halfway tempted to include Doctor Octopus on the list. Um, and then you mentioned somebody that made me uh, remember I, to think better of it. I, w- I will put an honorable mention in, uh, a la the female perspective. I'll throw an honorable mention Dr. Octopus. I think of all, like, his animal-themed villains, he's the one, like, who, who you know, has more than more than a one-dimensional plot. I think some of his weird storylines with Aunt May are somewhat compelling. I thought uh, they did a great job with him in Spider-Man, too. But I'm going to say Sandman right. at number four, because I think he's really in terms of power, like sort of questionable motivation, but in terms of like power, ability set, um, I think he's, you know, he's a very cool villain. Not well done in the movies, uh, but yeah, I got Sandman at number four. Mm-hmm. Well, you got four. Saying, our Sandman, who do you have? Yeah, 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 my, my namesake. Um, I picked uh, Kingpin at uh, number okay. four. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that Kingpin started off as a Spider-Man villain and then... Uh, right. He was more popularized in Daredevil for a long time. He, that's when he, I think he kind of got his legs as a villain. Was uh, in Daredevil, Daredevil's comics, but for a long time, uh, I believe in the seventies, uh, Kingpin was a straight up uh, Spider-Man villain. You know, very yeah. obviously, you know, rich, manipulative, always the guy Teflon Don. You can never get him. Uh, mm. Yeah, he's a he's a very good villain in the Marvel universe. Period, not just Spider-Man, but uh, yeah, I put him at number four. He yeah, played a big role in the animated series too. Yeah, yeah, he did. And yeah. I have him. I have Kingpin at three. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, he's a great, he's a great villain in the visual for comic books. It works so well um, yeah. as a visual. Um, and you know, even though his powers are kind of nebulous a little bit too, but he's not, you know, super strong. How did he get super strong? Super strong. You know, but his ability to manipulate people and situations for his advantage have always worked out. And if somebody is Spider-Man, yeah, he might be able to beat him, but he can't beat him. 
in the sense right, that, yeah, right. he, something's going to happen, but he's always going to wind up on top. You can't, you know, can't get him in jail. You can't stop him from doing what he's going to do. So I had, right. yeah, I had Kingpin at three. Um, I had four as J. Jonah Jameson. Um, I almost put that on my list. Yeah, there's nobody that's given him more grief probably yeah, in the, the, the entire comic book than J. Jonah Jameson. Um, you know, he does, he has no superpower, but he's, you know, his the mouth. power of the sword is, or the power of the pen is very, is very powerful. And, you know, he's tur- essentially, almost to mocking himself, has essentially just turned, you know, very few people against Spider-Man, but he makes his life a miser- you know, miserable uh, mm-hmm. over the course of the, the last 60 years. Um, so I put J. Jonah Jameson there. You know, uh, I like his, his turns in comic books and movies and cartoons has always been entertaining because you can just play the character as kind of wackadoodle as possible. Um, and then the guy from, uh, what's the guy that, uh, shoot, um, well, the guy in the movie? Played, who played him? Yeah. In the, in the Tobey Maguire movie. Um, the, uh, commercial J.K. Simmons. DC movie now. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I mean, he just played Perfect. him to perfection. I mean, Perfect. yeah, he just played him to perfection and, um, it was, yeah, it, he, he played him to perfection. It was literally probably one of the, you know, the top, you know, kind of comics to movie adaptations in terms of a character that just made perfect sense. Uh, so, yeah, like I love him, him and Him and Ryan Reynolds, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 I agree. All right, so I had Kingpin at three. Then, Sandman, who did you have at three? I picked uh, Venom for number three. Um okay. This one was kind of hard because, I mean, Venom's not even a, a villain anymore. I think he's a hero, actually, now. He's Flash yeah. Thompson now, which is crazy yeah. as hell. But, um, yeah, for a long – for that run in, I guess it was in the 90s, uh, Venom, man, he made his life a loving hell, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, tormenting him, just beating the hell out of him because, uh, right. obviously, a spider sense can't detect him because it's the symbiote. The symbiote, of course, wants him – wants to punish him because he rejected it and uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Brock obviously being the asshole he is and thinks he has to get revenge on Peter and Spider-Man. They were both devoted just to uh, uh, make his life a living hell, literally. So, uh, yeah, he's a good uh, number three, I think. And I have Venom at one and uh, mm. agreed for the same aspect. of it's, It became, again, such an iconic character that in certain instances, he's almost venomous is as popular as Spider-Man is in certain instances. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, he's, he is the epitome of, to use a wrestling term, as we always do, a cool heel that the characters <laughs> right. are so bad at. I mean, he's, you know, he's stone cold. He's so badass that you're not supposed to like him, but you kind of just forced to do. like him because of how he, just how he is, you know, he's in mm-hmm. WO. And yeah. it's it just, it, you know, it just, for modern day Spider-Man, he is by far his top villain. Um, and you know, even since he's turned, you know, face and not uh, not being such a bad guy anymore, there's still no other Spider-Man villain that people will refer back to. It's why they keep trying to somehow shoehorn him into a movie. And and you know, and if it's done properly, it'll be great. But it just wasn't done properly in Spider-Man Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, so bad. So bad. Yeah, so bad. Um, so, yeah. All right. So who did you have for three then, Brother Peter? I had Venom, but I would expand it just say the symbiotes in general. I think uh, okay. w- one of the <laughs> yeah. problems with Spider-Man as a franchise is once they have something, they go back to that well over and over and over. 
yeah. until there's mm-hmm. nothing left. And so I think that's where you get the carnage, and that's where you get Flash Thompson as Venom. But yeah, all the things you touched on, like his dual hatred of both Peter and Spider-Man, um, the way his powers, you know, offset a lot of Peter's powers. It, you know, you know, really, really cool villain at the start. Um, you know, probably jumped the shark somewhere along. Yeah, the they, they definitely overused yeah, him. Definitely jumped the shark. A, a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and you could put all those freaking symbiotes in there too. You know, from Carnage to what was the what mm-hmm. was the lady? What was the lady Venom? Uh, called? Yeah, there was uh, another one. Though. Was it a red and black one or something? Yeah, not Carnage, it's just. Yeah, it got out. It was, of bad. It was the, bad. The maximum carnage story. I think there was like five of them, Ugh. and yeah. it was like, well, he he already could barely be Venom. Is, he, <laughs> is there really a credible story where he fights five Venoms that are also homicidal maniacs? Is that yeah? yeah so and still winning. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Yeah, he did defeat a Herald of Galactus, though. So. <laughs> Always tuck that in the back of your mind. Um, <laughs> franchise boy. Franchise boy. Yeah, he is the franchise. And it's John Cena right there. Um, all right, <laughs> so then who did you have for two, Brother Beavis? I had J. Jonah Jameson at number two because, um, <laughs> you know, like you said, this is somebody who has made Peter's life miserable. And it's, there's a – when in the story, the when when Peter joins the new Avengers, there's a pretty interesting sequence where – Tony and Cap are like, oh, we'll take care of Jay Jonah for you. And they bring him in. They try and, like, give him insider access for stories if he'll stop writing negative things about Spider-Man. And he go- he's like, whatever. And he goes and blasts every one of them in the paper the next day. It's pretty awful. Yeah. I mean, the way, the way he kind of sticks to his ideals. You know, he has this weird code, but he has this, this psychopathic hatred for Spider-Man. But the other story I wanted to say was, like, uh, I was reading a digital version of, I think, Amazing Fantasy 15 or whatever it is with my daughter when she's very small, which was awesome in its own right. But I read her the story, and, and like, we got to the J. Jonah Jameson parts where he's like, you know, Spider-Man saves the space shuttle or whatever, and then and then J. Jonah Jameson writes the paper that Spider-Man's fault. She was like, you know, three or four years old, she's like, why would he do that? You know, just, right. just, just her reaction, like this game recognized game, and she recognized the yeah. villain right away. I just, yeah. Out of the it's actually of the it's like a character yeah. that a character that you know opposes Spider-Man with everything, but doesn't have like the physical power to take him on, um, right. and somebody that Spider-Man can never beat, never beat. Yeah, the word of yeah, the press. Very true. The word of the press is long, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't work out ever for Peter with that. Oh. And you always yep. think he's gonna turn, even when he saved his son, um, after he became like the like the werewolf or whatever. Like it, just nothing. Um, nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing can change him from um, from just hating Peter Parker or for hating Spider-Man. But uh, who did have they ever have they ever caved and actually had him begrudgingly respect Spider-Man? Has that ever happened? Um, I can't I think of any story. I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty much been so, steady. Yeah, yeah, it's been steady hate. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so who'd you have for two then, Sammy? Y'all may disagree with this, but I went with Doc Ock. As okay. ridiculous, yeah, as ridiculous as he looks, his power, his power set with them stupid arms, the ridiculous freaking haircut. He's fat. He, yeah, I mean, he looks <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, dude is like the, the whole Superior Spider-Man storyline. He switches places with Peter. And yeah. basically leaves him in his diseased old body about to die. 
I thought I was like, damn, that is fucked up. <laughs> that is a villain right there. Right. That might have given him a big, a big boost in, um, in my book. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a classic villain, just kind of like all my list are kind of classic. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been around for since, like, day one, messing with Peter. Tried to, like, marry my Aunt May at one time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like like I said, we already, he's already sw- he switched bodies with Peter. I mean, making his life a living hell for that. Um, yeah. yeah, he's just a, he's just a plague, man. He's just been around forever. So well, I, 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 I love his like the pedestal he put science on, though. Like you know, he's he's serious about science. Uh, right, you know, right. In an area he he's more than willing to murder people and whatnot, but will not com- compromise on science. Right, right. Well, and and then the double down on that aspect of the sensational Spider-Man, where he switched the bodies with him or whatever, is that he uh-huh. basically then fulfilled Peter's, you know, a life. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that, like, yeah, well, you weren't shit. Like, you were this genius kid, but you never did anything with it. So I'm going to, like, build this company and make you a billionaire and do all of these things mm-hmm. that you couldn't do. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a superior Spider-Man. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, like wow, you. like, you made me so successful. And, like, you kind of shit on the, everything that I had actually done up to that point to make to show how a big of an underachiever I was because you did it while <laughs> being Spider-Man. Um so yeah, I can see that. It's kind of like the Hush storyline, you know, where they uh, uh, right. in Batman, where they actually made a villain that was kind of hokey before into somebody that was actually, you know, credible and yeah, villainous. Um, so okay, so yeah, you had that for two. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd you have for two? No, that was Jay Jonah Jameson, uh, Brother Beavis. Yep. Okay, I had I have all all the Goblin iterations, <laughs> you know, every version <laughs> of a Goblin. Yeah, it's um, a bunch of them. Yeah, green, but, Hobgoblin, all them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, but primarily green and Hobby. Um, yeah, you know, they're just they're classic Spider-Man villains. Um, I, I like the fact that, especially for Hobgoblin, it took you know they, they touched they told such a great story about who it actually was or wasn't, and they, it was such a mystery as to who it was. You know, I remember reading those books like, man, who the hell is the Hobgoblin? You know, you can't, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't figure it out at the time, and you know, and the stuff with with Green Goblin when it's Norman Osborn is great stuff. I mean, you know, the fact that he's crazy, but he doesn't know that he's crazy from, you know, the serum or whatever. Like, it, you know, that's just great stuff. Uh, right. I mean, and... The Gwen Stacy storyline. Yeah, yeah uh, well, <laughs> I'm not as big a fan yeah. of that one. But well, the fact that... Just, they, the, just that it, it changed comics, that's that's why I give yeah. so much credit. No, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a because comics, but the fact that they used to overuse Green Goblin... And then they got to the point oh, where they yeah. Don't. yeah, and now it's like, you know, when he does show up, it it almost it, you know, he like he is Spider Man's uh Joker. You know. Yeah. Uh, he's a nemesis. He's that person. Yeah. yeah, he's a nuisance, he's there, and at no point in time is you ever gonna think that they're gonna team up together to fight, you know, to turn him the other way. Um right. so, no, like, that's, never that's just my yeah, that's just I mean, uh I'm I never liked the character. The versions of the characters that they put in the movie have been both awful. Um, but I think yeah. when and if you get to a point of restarting this movie, at some point you got to hope that they give you a credible Green Goblin story with a credible costume that doesn't make you feel stupid watching it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that first Spider-Man costume and that, that Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is pretty damn awful. Um, yeah. And doesn't make yeah every time i see it i'm just like oh god that makes my stomach hurt <laughs> it doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up no. now yeah yeah not at all okay so who did y'all have for ones then if i had 
I had Venom. Who did you have for one, Sammy? Yeah, Green Goblin. And Green Goblin, Hot okay. Goblin, pretty much. Yeah, classic okay. villain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I had, I had goblins. I, I lumped them all together as well. And yeah. I agree with what you said about Hobgoblin. That's another case. This, this is one of the thousand characters where as soon as you found out what they were about, they became instantly less interesting. Um, right. So well, I'm looking yeah. at you. Um, but, yeah, like that, they teased that for so long. Um, but, you know, Green Goblin, like I talked about with J. Jonah Jameson, just somebody who, like, opposes every aspect of Spider-Man but actually has the power to confront him. And I think the worst thing he's ever done is in killing Gwen Stacy, we were stuck with Mary Jane. And I think, you know, Big Hutch was on. I don't know if his Mary Jane is one of the top five villains, but it's stuck. But, yeah, oh, he's awful. Yeah, he is well, it's cool I mean, if you're Spider-Man. All right, you can even knock that shit off. You need to be. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and then also the double down on that Norman Osborn story, you know, where they retconned it, where he was smashing freaking Gwen yeah. Stacy too, and then knocked her up. I mean, oh, uh, you know, what if like people didn't like, yeah. yeah, well, no, he smashed for real, and then, but oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. He smashed yeah. for real. She we had she went to Paris to have the babies or whatever. And because, wow. his, you know, his skeet was all imbued with freaking uh, Greek goblin juice, uh, um, the kid oh. had some rapid degenerate disease. Uh, I have them stuck in some long boxes somewhere. Uh, I mean, people, I think that's that J. Michael Straczynski guy that was writing a book at the time, which some people have love-hate relationship with. They might, I, I, I kind of liked it. I didn't like that story. but um, Yeah, I, I didn't like that one. Yeah, that was a yeah, little crazy. Yeah, just a little bit, but... You know, I mean, but it added to the character that has somebody who wasn't even the Green Goblin at the time. You know, he was, right. you know, just being Norman Osborn before he became, like, Iron Patriot or whatever. Like, it was, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, I mean, it added to, like, the depth of the character. And, you know, then you go, again, you double back around to it. Like, oh, yeah, he's the one that actually killed her, too. So he killed his baby's mom. <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, it's kind of a deep kind of psychological and messed up thing about how he, did this um so yeah yeah Uh, yeah. but yeah i mean but again spider-man's got some decent villains his his role gallery is probably larger than any other marvel superhero for sure yeah Um, larger yeah you can start to rattle off spider-man villains and get to like 15 before you start to struggle and i can't think of any other solo character where you can start rattling off villains like that where you can get that far and not have to really be thinking about who that actually is um so yeah, uh, yeah, and if you look at his movies, you know that he's got, and he's got five movies currently: uh, Goblin, Green Goblin, uh, made the list for every, all of us. Um, right, Doctor right. Octopus made it for one of us. That's fine. Mm-hmm. As an iconic villain, uh, Venom made it for all of us. Sandman made it for one of us. And then you get into the newer movies where you get to uh, uh, you get Electro. Yeah, Electro. Electro, right. none of those big Electro. but because yeah, he's because he's awful. Um, he's a dumb. <laughs> he's dumb. <laughs> yeah, he, Electro is awful. And then you get to who was the other villain in the lizard? The lizard, oh, awful. They love the damn lizard, don't they? Good lord. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the we lizard's don't. interesting from the Kirk Connors perspective, but then once he's a lizard, yeah. yeah. Well, if you want to know our feelings on the lizard, go back and listen to the original <laughs> Secret Wars podcast. <laughs> Pretty sure we ran the lizard into the ground. Uh, yeah, but his, the Marvel card, his Marvel card is basically as strong as Spider-Man's, though. 
Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. Uh, yeah. Crazy. All right. So, um, and then the second one, you got uh, Sword of the Green Goblin. Um, you also got, who else was in the second? Rhino. Awful. Uh, oh, awesome. yeah. yeah. Uh, who else Hy- did you get? Hy- Hydro Man. You got um, well, I don't no, know. No, I mean in the se- in the second uh, in the second they, sh- uh, they, they showed. Oh, the movie they showed oh. the, the vulture uh, wings, but they never they didn't. They didn't yeah, they were and vulture, they were planning well, on yeah making all of those villains. And vulture right, was uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. movie. Yeah, they were supposed to be in Spider-Man three as well. Yeah, who was the main villain? Having all of them. Who was the main villain one? in the Amazing Spider-Man Two then? Green Goblin, I think. It was, but it was Harry. It was, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, that's right too. Yeah, yeah. Which was terrible. Oh, it was yeah. so bad. Yeah. See. Yeah. They, <sighs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that's <laughs> you know, I mean, he, they they got a large pool to play with there, and not even thinking about my boy Mysterio, and not thinking about some of the other ones that are a little bit you know, kind of whack, but mm-hmm. there is at least a lot to play, you know, play with there with that, with that version of Spider-Man and has that, the villain version of his universe, but at no point should we be getting a Sinister Six movie, a Silver Sable movie, or anything like that. The only thing that they could really kind of play with is giving us a Miles Morales movie, because that's probably, but right. that's a Spider-Man movie. You well, know, people right, would want to see that. So what is, what is everyone's on Gwen, what is Gwen Stacy at this point? Is she everything? She's a, she her own character? She is a Spider Man? Is that all alternate reality or whatever? I don't know. Spider Spider Gwen. Yeah, I yeah, have I read don't. some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an alternate reality. Yeah. Uh, I've actually read some of it. The artwork isn't particularly good, but the uh, stories aren't bad. Um okay. and it's been yeah, it's been like monstrously popular for some oh, reason. I'm not exactly yeah. sure why, but yeah, and yeah, they run it with that. Spider Gwen is outstanding. Yes, yes, it's everywhere. I, yeah, I do like her outfit. Some about that hood and everything. I don't know what it is. It's so simple, but it's a nice, it's a neat design. So people run she with better, it. She better watch it with that hoodie shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hands up, don't shoot, man. Uh, <laughs> hands up, don't shoot. Um, so yeah, but so I mean, so yeah, that I mean, that's about as far as they should be able to go. Like, you want to give us a Miles Morales movie? Fine. And you can play in Miles' world, but essentially it's the same villains anyway. Uh, we shouldn't even do like Hammerhead. Uh, <laughs> wow, I mean, he's got <laughs> so many bad, uh, Morbius, Shocker. Uh, he's got Tombstone. So Tombstone. Yeah. Oh my How about God. the cartoon where literally a brother everyone was created by the Neogenic Recombinator? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you yeah. just destroyed that thing, it would have like yeah. you just sit around for three seasons. The Spider Slayer. <laughs> The Spider oh, Slayer. It's just so much. Awesome. Scorpion. Scorpion was oh, one of the very first ones. Yeah, exactly. It's. Just, I mean, he's got so many bad ones. Uh, yeah. But at least there's more to play with there than if we, you know, if we did this for Iron Man next week or some mm. other week. Like, damn. Fing Fang Foom. Should I put him in the top five? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. The exactly. name alone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, damn it, did I put him in? I don't know if I should put the the dragon in. Uh, so I mean, it, there's not a lot for them to play with in Iron Man's world, but Spider Man has a lot more in terms of getting something to you know at least be able to make a, a decent or credible movie about that won't 
suck. And so he's got some decent villains that they could pull from, and they don't always have to go to Green Goblin like Fantastic Four all keeps going back to, to Doctor Doom. So, sort of. Let's see. All right. So that wraps that up, and I think we passed our genuine mark of trying to keep the Brothers Comics uh, podcast under an hour. So we will not do <laughs> SDFUs. Uh, we probably we've only crossed over. Yeah, we crossed at about one ten now. So uh, we will keep we will keep that tradition alive. It's probably one of the biggest notes that we get from people is like keep that podcast around an hour. So um, <laughs> we'll keep it at around an hour because SDFUs would take another thirty minutes, and I don't want to do that. We'll save that for the next get off my lawn angry person podcast uh, when Big Hot <laughs> gets back. All right, so that concludes podcast thirty six. Um, this will be on SoundCloud and iTunes within a day or so. Be sure to check it out. Subscribe. Leave us a rate, a rate, a rating or rating. Um, you could leave a four or five star review. That'd be great. Um, leave um, a, a written review as well. You can do that on iTunes. You can leave notes on the SoundCloud page as you listen to it. If you listen to it on the uh, on the app, it's a little bit more difficult. But whatever. Uh, give us some feedback, some information. We definitely appreciate any and all comments and critiques um looking forward uh tomorrow i have two interviews one is going to be with jeffrey thorne he is the r or the writer of the new marvel comic book and hero mosaic uh the book will be coming out sometime in july so we have an interview with him tomorrow and uh so he's going to talk about mosaic and how the creator came about how the character came about and how he got to be writing that book and then we also have an interview with Dietrich Smith tomorrow, artist uh, most famously now of um, the Shaft comic book written by uh, the holy David Walker. And uh, so he will be talking to him tomorrow. He is a con connoisseur, pretty much spends his entire time as a single man going to comic book conventions um, and huh. doing commissions his whole <laughs> pretty much his whole life. Sorry, I got Living the life, some- yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is living the dream, and uh, I have all kinds of questions for him about con groupies and whatnot. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, definitely a fun dude. I've talked to him a few times on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, definitely a fun dude. Definitely be a fun interview. So we'll knock those out this weekend, and we'll get those up for you by the 4th of July. So we'll have some creator creator uh, interviews for everybody on Adam Brothers Comics. Um that's about all I got. You got anything to plug, Brother Beavis? No, uh, I guess the Game of Thrones is over, so. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I got a year to wait, man. That's a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's, I guess there may be a book coming out, but ugh, who reads those? <laughs> <laughs> Not female perspective or big hot. Uh, so yeah, so that's that. I, I think I emailed you both and was like, I need to find another show because that's you know I don't know what you would watch, but that's you know those those Game of Thrones podcasts are very interesting. Uh, if you wanted to get at Brother Beavis, uh, good luck on social media. You can try, <laughs> you can try to go you can just go to Parts Unknown, yeah, partsunknown dot <laughs> com. Uh, but you know if you need to get at at Brother Beavis, try to get through us at the Facebook page at uh, at Brothers Hutchinson. Uh, you got anything to pitch, fan man? Uh, nothing to pitch. Just uh, you can always reach me on Twitter at Sandman415. I'm always hanging around. Give me a shout out just to say, hey, you suck. I'll tell you, you suck back, and we'll have a nice <laughs> conversation. One person. Keep that man versus Superman again, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that must be. Start a war. Yeah. Yeah. Start a war. 
Uh, and then you can also get, obviously, at uh, Female Perspective or uh, uh, Big Hutch at the Facebook page. And then you can always get at the producer at Brothers Comics on Twitter and then also on the Facebook page. And you can email us. I got an email or two the other day, and I was like, oh, okay, I forgot I'd given this out before. It's at brothers at brotherscomics at gmail.com. You can send us an email, and we'll uh, we'll definitely reply back. Uh, we should have shirts coming up again here in uh, early August. So if you missed out on that, just two initial runs of the Brothers Comics t-shirts, uh, we sold out. So about 22 shirts, uh, so there's 22 blood this comic shirts floating out there, but we should have an initial run at the start of end of July, early August. Uh, so if you were hoping to get one of those shirts, uh, be on the lookout for them at that time. We'll put it out there and advertise it for you. Uh, but that is about it. So we're going to sign off Podcast 36. Go ahead and sign off, Sandman. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next time. All right. And Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off. Yeah, catch you next time. All right. Take it easy, guys. Peace.